Hey everybody, welcome to Rider Club Radio. I'm your host Jeff. And I'm Liam. And this week on Rider Club Radio, we're going to be discussing Common uh, Rider Build Episode 3 and Chojin Sentai Jetman Episodes 20, 21, and 22. If you're not watching along with us, you are missing the fuck out, sir <laughs> or madam. These three episodes so, are all great in their own way, the Jetman episodes this week. Yeah, you should really be watching if you're not. Seriously. Like, a lot of people told me that they're just not interested. You are a fucking silly person. You you're, need to get on it. You're missing out. Uh, let's start with Build, though, Liam. What happened this week? Okay, so at the Build Pit, they're talking about Nabushima. They're like, how are we going to get this guy, Nabushima? We need to find info on him. And Misora, the uh, the shop owner's daughter, it turns out, is a secret internet idol. Mm. Because Toei can't go one season without having a Japanese idol. Somewhere in there, in the main in the main cast. Mm. So she's a secret internet idol, and she's like, everybody, please try and find info on Nabushima. And someone tells her, hey, there's a smash. So Bill says, okay, fuck it, I gotta, I gotta go find a smash. I gotta fight the guy. Forget Nabushima for a second. He he goes to fight a smash, and it's like a kid's mom. So he beats up the smash, and he, he heals her. And she's like, oh, thanks. And he runs Beats off. Beats this child's mother. Beats the shit out of her. And everyone's like, oh, we're Marvel civilians. Is that Bill? I bet he's evil. And Bill's like, God, I gotta get out of here. They're like, fuck you, Spider-Man. They start throwing shit at him. And uh, he, 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 he leaves. And he's at, like, his job for once. And he's talking to his boss. And his boss is like, hey, the, this scientist that Ryuga supposedly murdered held a horrible secret. He was the devil doctor secretly. This He's got some terrible thing going on. So Ryuga, back in the pit, calls Nebashima. He finds his number. And he says, look, what do you? why do you do this shit? And Nebashima says, it's just because they have my family. They're holding them in Sato. Please go and help them. So he says, okay, I'll get, I'll get them. So they all go to the docks. Him and the, uh, the reporter lady go to the docks to get smuggled in by boat. But they get caught. There's a big fight. Build shows up. He uses the Hawk Gatling, the brand new buy the toy Hawk Gatling form. Beats the shit out of all these robot cops. A smash shows up. It's Nabushima because they turned him into a smash because they hate him. And he like takes the beats the shit out of Nabushima. He takes the bottle out of him, heals him, and then Bloodstark just kind of walks in. So Jeff, Bloodstark walks in and he kidnaps Nabushima. Like right, he takes yeah. his body, eats him. And he snake. poisons, uh, uh, build, build. Oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. Sento. Yeah, he poisons Sento, and Sento calls him a cobra, even though he looks nothing like a cobra. Yeah, yeah. He made a like CGI cobra to yeah. eat Nabushima's body, so maybe that's it. He was like a horrible '90s era CGI cobra, very briefly. <laughs> Jeff, did you like this episode, or...? Yeah, I did like this episode. I thought it was good as well. Yeah, I like this episode because we finally get a little bit of depth on Sento's character. Because, you know, well, I'd say finally. It's the second fucking episode. But we get <laughs> some we get some insight into Sento's character. Like, the reason why he's being billed isn't because he wants to find out about his history and nothing else. It's because he thinks helping people is the bee's knees. Yeah. And I like that kind of character. There's a there's a bit when, when he finds out about the Smash, he runs off. And Ryuga's like, don't you want to stay here and figure out your past? Or do you want to run around like an idiot and help people like a dumb asshole? 
and Bill's like, yeah, probably the second one, and runs off. Like you get, you get the. It's it is a great line though, where he's like, "Do you want to find out about your history, or do you care more about being billed?" And he's like, "Well, that's easy, build." Yeah. <laughs> Which it's... you know, honestly, would you rather find out about your history or be a fucking superhero? Yeah, honestly, fuck my past. Yeah, Wolverine, you fucking idiot. Just he be a superhero. He yeah. He's the, you reveal there's like there's that little scene and then there's more of a speech later where you kind of see more about Sento and who he is. He seems kind of harsh and he seems kind of uh, like he doesn't understand people a lot, but he he has a good heart deep down. That's that's who he is. Yeah, he finds out about uh, Ryuga going to go save Nabashima's family so that Nabashima will uh, go to court for him and talk about like how he didn't actually murder anybody and how you know we turned him into some sort of a fucking horrible monster in a green liquid bar. <laughs> and I guess the judge is going to not throw him out of court for this. Look, whatever. If you, but, I mean, after the whole smash thing, anything is possible. I guess walls did grow out of the earth. Mm-hmm. I guess judges probably believe a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. Their, their perceptions but, uh, are being shattered. Ryuga tells him that, and he tells him, you know, if you are helping somebody for a reward, then you're not doing it for the right reason at all. Yeah. And he says the word justice over and over again when he's talking, but none of the subtitles ever say justice. <laughs> Which was bugging the shit out of me. <laughs> Overtime is trying to be a little more subtle with it, I guess. Probably. I mean, it makes more sense that way. And he's not saying, you know, if you help somebody for your own gain, then it's not justice. That ain't justice. There's a good true. line later on when he's talking about this. He's like, whenever, you know, I, I help people because it makes me smile, uh, but you can't see through the mask. And it cuts back to him, like, <laughs> implicitly smiling while he's Kamen Rider. <laughs> I like that line, too. Yeah. A little bit of comedy. Um, speaking of comedy I didn't enjoy... Oh, boy. Uh, can Toei not make a single fucking series without an idol in it now? Look, idols are huge, so there must it's be an idol. It's new, though. Idols are big. Idols have been big forever in Japan. Common Rider the Next is about an idol. Look, Jeff, maybe you just don't understand how important idols are but if if people don't see one on tv at least once every 20 minutes they will die so you know it's a public service i agree with your hypothesis that i don't understand how important idols are. <laughs> because i don't it's a whole subculture there it's insane yeah like as soon as she like was like ah oh, i'm your idol i was like Fucking shit, you gotta be kidding me! At least... We at, just escaped this! At, le <laughs> at least there's a second dimension in that it's all an act, and she actually hates everybody. Like, yeah. at least she's not gonna always there's have that persona. In that. Like That's what we said about fucking Poppy. We said that her nurse personality was probably gonna be used more often, and we were certainly incorrect about that. But the thing is, the nurse personality was the mask... And Poppy was the true form. Yeah. With this switcheroo. Uh, what's his name? Me Tan is the mask, and I imagine she's only going to use it when she needs to. I hope, because uh, eh, I. Eh. Don't know. She looks a lot less weird. Like, Poppy has this, like, really off putting makeup on, 
that yeah. makes her look hideous. Yeah. Sorry, everyone that thinks she's cute. You're wrong. <laughs> Especially since her actress is actually a cutie pie. Yeah, and you smother her in that weird clown outfit. And... Yeah. I'm sorry I'm not sexually attracted to clowns, everyone. Like you are. Hey, some people, yeah. I don't know. Some people are going to go watch the new movie It and just furiously masturbating. Some people like clowns. Apparently. Wh- whatever. Whatever. It's, it's a good episode, though. It was. I like the, the proliferation of night scenes. There's so many night yeah. scenes now in build. I really appreciate that. It it takes more money, but it adds a dimension to the series that you're not going to get for having monsters running around in the daytime knocking over plastic furniture. Mm-hmm. And for sure, if this was X8 or Drive or something, they'd be doing this dark secret of smuggling ship, and it would just be like broad daylight. <laughs> like seven, like fucking seven a.m. Yeah. Just well, what would actually happen is they're doing the smuggling ship at night, and then uh, they go past the barrier, and it becomes day in the next scene, <laughs> and then the monster attacks. I still have not gotten over that scene in in X Eight when it's I think it's Brave Snipe and Graphite fighting on a beach for twelve hours. By the way, the, the time of day passes like they fight in the evening yeah. and the night and then morning. <laughs> Dude, that was an epic-ass fight that we got to see a grand total of six minutes of. It was. It's mostly, like, the stuff we missed was, like, panting and resting. Brave brought, like, a tray of orange slices for everyone to take a break. They all just stand off in different corners of the beach, like, breathing heavy, like, glaring at each other. <laughs> time out! I said time out! I see you walking! You're coming over here! Time out! Put that gun down. So it's Don't... it's... Nice to have night scenes back. It does give it that early Heisei, gives it that Agito kind of feel, that Kuga kind of, a little bit of Kuga kind of feel. It adds a level of danger. Like, mm-hmm. st- monsters attacking at night is like a scary, dangerous thing. Like, yeah. monsters attacking at day, it, there's a reason why there's never any scene in a horror movie where it's broad fucking daylight and people are just walking around having a good time and then the monster runs out from behind something and starts going, boo! <laughs> just throwing people. Just picking them up and throwing them into bushes and stuff. So scary. Well, I know Common Rider isn't a horror. I know. But, but these like, are, are supposed to be monsters. Yeah. They're supposed to be threatening, at least. And they're really not. <laughs> Even in build, they're not really. But the, like the tone is a little closer to what they're trying to go for in a night. Yeah, scene. I mean, people scream and run and everything because it's a crazy monster. But it would be a much more frightening at night. Hmm. Yeah. Daytime is just too bright. No. Uh, that... It just makes it a lot. More, it makes it a lot more like believable that people don't really understand the smash if they're attacking at night. Yeah, and if no... they're attacking in broad daylight, people will be like, "Well, all right, they look exactly like this. Their powers are this. They came from this direction." Yeah, all the witnesses and you know news crews and cameras, or whatever. <laughs> Literally, a lady with a camera doing news commentary during one of the fights in Build. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was actually a really funny scene. Uh, yeah, Bill, when she's like, "Look, it's Bill Nails comedy." Is she gonna? Is, is he gonna? Is he gonna do his catchphrase? And then she like finishes it for him. <laughs> Build does comedy really well. Yeah, it has some good laughs. I also really love in this scene that it seems like going to Sato to save Nabushima's family is going to be like an arc. 
maybe like two episodes, two, three episodes, which is kind of cool. I like that there's this this little journey. And I kind of hope, I, like, I hope it lasts a long time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind at all if this was like five episodes of like this quest, but it probably oh, won't. Yeah. But Especially I'm, I'm, if this quest leads him to becoming a rider. Yeah. But I like that. That would that be amazing. Like in you would expect it to be like, Oh, you gotta get my family. They're here, and then the next scene they're just there. They're, they're supposed <laughs> to be here in the abandoned warehouse on the edge of town. Where's the family? And then blur Bloodstar. That's or some ghost writing. That's right there. yeah, that's that's what happened in Ghost. Or like a, a lamer, lazier Heisei series might do that. But this series seems to think a little about what's going on and, and what would have to like the the how to make something feel a little more important. Yeah, they're building up layers steps. to the mystery. Yeah, it's it, it just makes the, the setting feel more real. Makes the story feel a little more meaty. I appreciate that a lot. It, it doesn't, like doesn't the, feel lazy. Like, that's true. I like that the breadcrumb trail that they're following is completely wrong. Like, it's a total setup by Faust, and we're aware of that, but the characters aren't aware of that. The only one who's aware of it now is Sento, and he's poisoned laying in some warehouse somewhere. He's, he's gonna die. He's dead. Wouldn't that be crazy if the thing we've always talked about came true, and the main writer dies, and the secondary has to become the main character for the rest of the series? Holy shit, they will never do that, but... No, they'll never do that. Not even sure if I'd like that, depending on how they did it, but Jesus fuck. It'd be something completely new. Yeah, and Build is... Build's breaking new ground, I think, in terms of, like... Or, rather, it's it's like harkening back. Mm-hmm. Like, past, you know, post-decade that we're kind of used to, that pattern. It, it feels a lot older. We're not really following the same sort of pattern that post-decade series tend to follow yet. Mm-hmm. Which I'm thankful for, for sure. Like, on paper, it's a similar setup, but the way it's moving is kind of... It's a little slower, a little more, like, deliberately paced, which I really appreciate. Oh, yeah. Like, by this I'm time... only three episodes into it yet, but... By this time in another show, you probably know everything there is to know about Faust... You'd have some character just, like, giving you the lowdown. Here's what oh, they yeah. are, and here's what they're trying to do, and you've got to beat them! And then they would just be like... Every episode would be like, there's a new Smash. Go get them, kid. But this is a little more... Builds a little smarter, I feel like. It's being a little smarter with its narrative. Which has me excited, honestly. Oh, yeah. I like the build as a character has a reason. Like, a logically sound reason to want to fight the Smash. Like, not only does he want to find out about his past, which is a sound enough reason, but he is internally motivated to help people because it makes him feel good. He doesn't want to do one of, like, the ridiculous reasons that other writers have Mm. to help people. Like, I want to taste food again. (laughs) Or... I, I want to, like, as much as I love Kuga, protecting people's smiles is kind of an awkward reason. It's cheesy. It's very cheesy. I love Kuga, but there was, like, people started getting more and more convoluted, ridiculous reasons. Like, I want to be friends with these monster people. Mm. Which is, which is, it works in that series. It works in context. I've grown tired of it. Mm -hmm. I've grown tired of the ridiculous reasons to help people. I'm glad that there's just a writer who's like, well, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, it, it feels good. That's all the fucking justification I need. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
having a background reason for a character to become a superhero is necessary, I think. Yeah. Like, Spider-Man's Uncle Ben got fucking shot in the dick, so now he wants to save people from that. <laughs> my, oh my god, my uncle, what happened? Sorry, kid. Sorry, son. That burglar just shot his cock right off. <laughs> his cock's over in the corner there if you need to check the seat. It's, it's definitely, we can't reattach it. It's definitely, the, it's fucking destroyed by that 9mm. We, we need to bring you down to the station to identify his cock. <laughs> but, uh, and... Build needs to find out about his history, like mm-hmm. who he was before he lost his memory. That's mm-hmm. a great motivation, but having an actual heroic motivation is appreciated. Yeah, he's 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 his motivation is twofold, which makes him a little more deep as a protagonist. Oh yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. I am the opposite of an edge lord. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the opposite of an edge lord? Uh, uh, uh... Uh, oh god, what's the name for like a an edge that's like round and soft, like the corner of something that's like been rounded down, like the side of a ball or something? Mm. Uh, uh, a sphere lord? I'm a sphere lord? <laughs> a cushion lord, something that's soft and not pointy. <laughs> a rounded lord. A beach ball that's, lord. I just, I love noble, heroic mm. shit. Mm-hmm. Justice. Mm. I'm a big fan. Which is why we compliment one another, since you're a giant, unabashed edge lord. That's true. Build's got justice, and it's also got horrible, horrible misfortune and suffering for me. So Fucking poor Ryuga is like... <laughs> Ryuga's got a bad shake. He's just like brain dead now, because he doesn't want to have to use his mind. All the memories <laughs> come flooding back of his dead-ass girlfriend and his time in prison. I like the bit when he's... Uh... They're like, yeah, we're we're going through a million calculations to determine the best match. And Ryuga's like, what if it's like an animal and a machine? And they're like, that's dumb, Ryuga. And he's like, what about... And he puts in hot gattling and it works. And they're like, I oh my that. god. A little bit of street smarts. A little bit of common sense goes a long way. And also, there's there's this is the good thing about the writing is there's you're learning things about the characters... Without anyone explicitly telling you, you you learn that uh, Sento and Ryuga kind of complement each other. Sento, he's he's smart, but he sometimes misses the forest for the trees. Oh Ryuga's, yeah, Ryuga's a little more street smart. He's a little more personable. He's he's more down and dirty, and that's like well, that's a scene that'll tell you that without actually telling you. Oh yeah, in a lesser writer series, a third character standing off to the side would like smile to themselves and say, "Wow, they complement one another so much," and explain that. Let's let's stop for beating a full around the bush. Thirty fucking seconds. Yeah, let's stop beating around the bush and just say, "In Ghost," it would be like that. <laughs> yeah, even in I even try not like... to use that word, <laughs> the G word. Even in like a, a show that I like, like in Driver and Exit, I could totally see those shows making these pitfalls that the build oh, is yeah. jumping over. Oh yeah, I will say from what little we've seen of build so far, I think the writing is like a level above. Yes, it seems like it's something different. They're they're really doing something good with it, and you know it's appreciated. We've yeah. we've been watching Common Rider for a long time now, and you can see a pattern form. Yeah, after a certain period of time, and it's hard. It's hard to see the forest for hard to see the trees for the forest when you understand the overarching like 
plug-and-play system that they're using, it's tough to pay super close attention to the specifics. Mm-hmm. Because you're so used to it at that point. You're like, alright, well this is probably going to happen next. You How many of... times were we right about that when we were watching Ghost? Yeah, Ghost and X-Aid, we made a lot of like, this is probably yeah. what's going to happen, and then it happened. It's because there's definitely a system. There's a and formula. I mean, X-Aid... XA dodged around the formula in places, but it fits squarely in yeah. others. It, it, and I it loved wore... XA a lot, though. Yeah, XA wore the formula pretty well, but it wore the formula. Mm-hmm. It's it's and there's there's not to say that build won't wear the formula. It's just not wearing it yet. Yeah, it might be wearing it under a trench coat that it's about to cast <laughs> off and and reveal <laughs> the formula. Yeah, I like to cast off and reveal the formula in bus stations. <laughs> Is that why? I saw your face on the news the other day. Probably. Probably, okay. It's There's nothing scarier than seeing something you like. Like, seeing something you like turn to shit is bad, but seeing something you like turn into really bland, safe, like, mass-marketed stuff is way worse. And it there's felt... There's a reason why so many fucking people hate bands when they become mainstream. Mm-hmm. You see them become bland, corporate, homogenized horseshit. Yeah. That's that's uh, the scariest thing about Common Rider, and Build seems like it's really trying not to do that. I appreciate the effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that all we have to say about Buildo? That's all I have to say about Kamen Rider Buildo. Kamen? Kamen Rider Biludo. Bidudo. So why don't you tell us about news? Okay, so I have one news article. You have dropped the ball yet again. And you notice... Yeah, you know I didn't tell Jeff because he didn't make a joke about us having <laughs> six trillion news articles. Uh, so the- <laughs> you got me, you gotcha. got me. So the CSM Kaiser gear got a full commercial. I knew it. Yeah, this is it. I have one piece of toy news. I'm sorry, nothing happened this week. It's not my fault. Everything is toy news on this program. It's I, not. I realized that a long time ago. It's not my fault. Nothing happened this week. I'm not. I don't blame you. I'm not upset, Liam. I'm just disappointed. Okay, so. <laughs> Uh, Kaiza man, whose name I don't remember, Kaiza Kusaka. His name is Kaiza. Yeah. Uh, did a little commercial for it. That that little, I mentioned like two weeks ago, I think there was like a teaser for the commercial. So he did the commercial for it, and in it he, he does the henchin and stuff, and he shows it off. And it looks, there's one thing he shows that had me uh, kind of impressed, is he shows, he's like, here's the DX Kaiza sword or whatever. And here's the CSM one, and the CSM one is like full size prop accurate, and the DX oh, one looks awesome. like a McDonald's toy by comparison. <laughs> that's the thing is, you get like a DX belt or a DX like henchin toy, like a, an Icon or a Loxie or something, and it'll be more more or less prop accurate. But if you get a DX like sword or something or like a, a weapon of it's some like kind, like a butter knife, with it's gonna the be like shit attached to it, a tiny little baby version of it. That's why I never buy those. I would I would have no. killed. I would kill a man in cold blood for one of those energy lock seed bows. Jesus Christ! But the toy version is like a little tiny little cupid bow, a little, little bow. So I like, remembered his name by the way. It's Kusaka Masato. Yeah, but the That's actor's real name, name is who I was thinking of. It's, just, I, it's who? What do you mean, actor? <laughs> Is this Fun not fact, a documentary? Kamen Rider Fies was just filmed with found footage. It was all <laughs> I thought real, it was like dude. the Blair Witch Project. It was Japan's Jersey Shore. <laughs> I'd believe it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, go check that out. That'll be in the blog post. If you're interested in getting that, if you're dropping $250 to get some Kaiser gear, I, 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 God knows I considered it. 
but God, dude, this is off topic, but I was looking at like uh other types of shoes today because I haven't worn anything besides Chuck Taylors in mm. ten fucking years. Nothing wrong with that. I love them, but mm. I was uh, I'm about to run out of a pair. They're about to like fall through on me, so I was gonna get a different pair of shoes, and I was so I just typed in like uh, casual shoes for men, and a list popped up, and nothing on that list was less than two hundred and fifty dollars. What the? And fuck? it was like for the discerning low budget shoe shopper. Jesus Christ. And uh, I just duct taped my shoe back together and went on with my fucking day. Because <laughs> there's no chance. You could, you could get a new pair of shoes, or you could get the complete selection modification Kaiser gear. Up to I think you. we understand which one I'm leaning towards. <laughs> Being barefoot isn't that bad. Ryu from Street Fighter does it all the time. Yeah, look at him. Chicks dig him. He's he's buff as fuck. Apparently, just not wearing shoes will make you buff. <laughs> when I need new shoes, I just stroll into a fucking shoe store and just try stuff on until I get something I like. I don't like to shove my feet into other people's shoes. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you gotta. I usually... I go to a store with something in mind. It's just always a pair of fucking chucks. <laughs> so I think that's what I'm gonna get again this time. I'm gonna get a blue pair. Nothing wrong with chuck. Get a, a one blue and one red. I already have a red pair, so... Yeah, get a blue pair and just fucking mix and match. I can mix and match them. I don't know if I could pull that off, to no. be honest. Most... I'm, I'm a fairly okay-dressed guy, but I don't think I can pull off two different shoes. Most adults probably couldn't. No. That's a child's mistake that people look at and go, aw. But if you're, you're an <laughs> adult wearing that, people go, oh. You fucked up somehow. <laughs> you don't know colors. I am slightly colorblind. Oh, yeah. Uh, not red and blue, though. <laughs> what is it? By Just curious. It's uh, a little tiny bit of shades of blue and purple. Mm. And I seem to be getting better. I don't... I don't know if that's possible, <laughs> but uh, I could tell the difference between the blue and purple on um, Splatoon yeah. now, and I never could before, so I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Jeff is succumbing, or he's, he's pulling through it. Maybe Jeff is coming. Maybe. Are we done with news? That's the only news yeah, piece that's I have. That's it. That's Unless it. you have any more. Um, no, there was a hurricane. That's it. There, there were several hurricanes. There were several hurricanes, a fire, uh, something else happened probably. A tanker truck turned over on the interstate this morning and I was <laughs> in traffic for three hours straight. <laughs> and uh, the, now for sports. The Dallas Cowboys lost. That's why, uh, that, was that real or are you just making shit up? No, they did. They okay. lost. Shit. I know because my coworker was like fucking whining about it all day. <laughs> Everybody at my work is so into baseball. They really? Talk, yeah, they're huge. I didn't know that fans. Canadians liked baseball. We don't usually. Just that this. That's I just weird. Work with a group of people who are huge into baseball. I thought it was all fucking like lacrosse and hockey and. Let me let you in on a secret. Lacrosse is Canada's national sport. Nobody gives a shit about lacrosse ever. I'm gonna let you in on a secret. Baseball is America's national national sport. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a fuck about baseball. It's all about hand egg over there, right? Yeah, it's yeah. all about hand egg. <laughs> Uh, football is the be-all, end-all here. I mean, baseball's still popular, but, I mean, there was a time when everyone in America would spring to go to a baseball game. Yeah. 
Called the Not 1860s. Anymore. Yeah. R.I.P. Baseball. Uh, Jeff, let's talk about Trojan Sentai Jetman. Okay. Uh, give me a little bit of a recap about what happened on episode 20. Okay, so episode 20 of Trojan Sentai Jetman, there's a vacuum cleaner monster that sucks the love out of you. Yes, I remember this. He there's also... Uh, Guy is a bit of a pedophile, we Guy learned a in this bit. episode. Just a little bit. Guy is... Like, every negative quality a human being can have, <laughs> Guy has. He look, he keeps it together until the very... It's just like a little girl who has a crush on him, and he's like, yeah, fuck off, kid. Like, he keeps it together until the very, very end, when she's like, gosh, Guy, I wish you'd been born ten years later. And instead of just, like, chuckling and leaving it at that, Guy, like, kneels down and is like, well, I wish you were born ten years earlier, little girl. And, and he puts his hand on her shoulder. Thank Christ none of his teammates heard that, because that would have his Jetman license revoked instantly. He really should. He should have his <laughs> everything license revoked. <laughs> just give me your wallet, guy. Just I'll just take it. He should have his being outside of jail license <laughs> revoked. Oh, man, I, I think I lost mine recently. I hope no one checks for it. <laughs> you fucking done. <laughs> you better go down to the DMV license. and get that shit reinstated. <laughs> There's a good the, the the it's it's a monster that eats love because it just loves love. It just likes to eat love. It tastes good and it goes it's after It's a vacuum cleaner too, which makes no fucking thematic sense with his power whatsoever. Maybe it's because a vacuum cleaner is a sign of domesticism and it eats the love because once you're married to someone for a long time and you live with them and you've known them for like 10 years, there's just no love left. It's eat, been eaten by the domesticism. Christ. That's Liam just... is getting legitimately depressing on this episode. <laughs> Look, it's a, it's a vacuum cleaner that'll suck your love out. All right. Your face. And, uh, Don't I, buy a vacuum cleaner. I get it. Just Yeah. Dyson can fuck itself. And so they, they have to stage a fake wedding because a woman's love... It's only women, too. He only takes... Uh, men cannot feel love. He yeah, only what takes... is up with that? Like, Dimension Beasts attack only women. <laughs> They're huge sexists over at the Dimension Dimension. Jesus. Virum. Dimension Dimension. Wherever the fuck they're from. <laughs> <laughs> so, he they, they have to stage a fake wedding, and the people they pick for it are Guy and uh, Akko. Yeah. And he's, like, going in for a kiss, and Akko's like, Guy, I, I can't. This is my first kiss. It can't be for this ridiculous anti-terrorist operation. And, and he's Guy's like, like, oh, your first kiss, huh? How old are you? Nine? <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. He's he's not a freak. She's 16. That's way too old for Guy. He's not going to go for that. <laughs> so <laughs> but it's just kind of like a silly. She's like, I can't. I can't. Guy's like, are you fucking serious? The world is at stake here. Um, it's, and it it's doesn't a funny work episode. out anyway because the little girl sees it and she's like, "No, guy, don't get married. I love you." It's my favorite is they're like, "This is a perfect disguise for a wedding. This no one will be able to tell this is a fake wedding." And it pans out and the pews are just empty. And it's the just, fucking rest of the team are like knelt down behind the back pew hiding. They're they're disguised, <laughs> but they still hide for some reason. They're, it's just like the other wedding that uh, Cowery almost has. Just takes place yeah. in a totally empty church. They couldn't get the extras. Apparently that happens a lot. Apparently there are a lot of weddings in Tokyo on the same day. Mm-hmm. Every week. Yeah. Maybe There were a lot of brides running around. Well, it's a big city, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of I weddings guess. that happen. I guess. 
so the vacuum cleaner monster. It's it's a it's it's one of Jetman's big silly episodes. Just not serious at all. Yes, it's just kind of funny as a silly concept, and I enjoyed it a lot. It was it was a fun episode. It was the weakest of the three. Yeah, I for think. sure. Uh, the episode twenty one was about this one was fucked up. Yeah, just for this one one's shot. Like, this one's the one that like really fucking harmed me. The bear. Deep inside my soul. Uh, Akko had a little bear when she was a little girl, and she loved the bear, and she called the bear her child, and she was its mommy. Little Poutan. And at the beginning of the episode, she just decides to throw it the fuck away, and it's never explained why. Well, I've mentioned, like, all the scenes with her liking the bear when she's, like, a six-year-old, and now she's 16, so she's probably, like, found in the back of her room was like, well, fuck this thing. Yeah, she throws it away, and uh, Tran steals a Dimension Beast and puts it on the bear, and the bear becomes Trash Dimension, and the bear is 100% fucking pure-hearted good, mm-hmm. and just wants to help people and make things new again for everyone, and people just throw shit at it and like try and hit it with shit, and... Eventually, after finding its place in the world, two guys that dump trash try and fucking crush him to death <laughs> with a goddamn piece of machine, like construction machinery that they somehow have the keys to. That's the, in the fucked junkyard. Up thing. So you're trying to dump your shit, and then someone says, "Hey, take it back and give it to Goodwill or something." Because you're just wasting it here. Yeah. So your first you're like, instinct... I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go, murder him. I'm gonna go back there and try and run him over with some construction equipment. And they he barely gets away with his life. And he's so enraged that Maria shoots him with an anger beam. And he turns into a giant rampaging monster mash. Mm. And he's like on the ground crying before this about how no one will accept him. And his mommy doesn't love him. And all this other shit. And then he rampages and fucking murders so many people. This is, okay, this is the most fucked up thing that Jetman has had on screen. Is there's a, a guy getting into his car, and then the monster trash dimension zaps it, and the car gets burned, and you see the guy's charred skeleton with flesh dripping off it as he's trying to get out. And it's like, like his fucking skin is like melting over his disgusting horrible skeleton and he's like and you're like yeah like it's like robocop like what the fuck is this (laughs) who knew that fucking trash dimension putan would have the most fucking awful power out of every monster we've seen so far yeah he uses it on multiple people and that's the number one most violent thing in the whole show so far nothing like there's a lot of implicit deaths like, a lot of cars get smashed that clearly have people in them. A lot of buildings get blown up. That is the only time when there's, like, a violent, disgusting death just on screen in this show for eight-year-olds. And it scarred me for life. I really didn't think they would ever do something like that. The teddy bear monster reverts back to normal into his loving self when he sees that Akko is in danger and a little girl could get hurt. So he goes down and he saves Akko, and he sacrifices himself to protect her from Maria. Mm. And then they have, like, a funeral for him. And the two fucking guys who dumped the shit earlier, who tried to kill Putan with a fucking backhoe, 
come back and just laugh, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't end with a, like a, a sad note or like I'm sure. Well, it, it, it like it, they're saying all that. Oh, I'm sure he's happy, whatever. And you think that's gonna be the end? And the guys start dumping shit. And Aqua's like, "Fuck you!" And this like really confrontational action music starts playing, and then the episode just ends. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? That episode was traumatizing. It's the most surreal, weird... Like, it's like the writers sat down and they're like, alright, like, we got in... We got in fucking real-life Joe here to write this episode, and he's gonna show kids that the world ain't all sunshine and roses today. No. This is pretty obviously, like, the environmental episode. Mm. Like, the... We're destroying the environment, we're throwing out perfectly good things into the trash dumps, and... Mm. Uh, trash, if trash was alive, it would cry at what we're doing. But, fuck, if Putin didn't break my goddamn heart. Seriously, yeah. He had a hard life. He's so sweet and nice, and everyone treats him so horribly. Because <laughs> he smells like garbage. Uh, poor guy. Oh, well, This he's was dead. the one that definitely, yeah, he's fucking dead now, he's it doesn't matter. Yep. But this is definitely the one that got to me the most out of the three episodes. The ones that were, di- this one's my favorite out of the three episodes. Uh, the next episode is probably Liam's favorite. Yep, I was just gonna say. Because it goes fucking hard in the paint on the fucking romance horse shit that mm. Inoue is most known for. Literally the whole episode. Yeah. And I mean, people are acting genuinely insane in this episode. <laughs> like, people who don't normally act crazy at all, like, Cowrie becomes a nut job at a certain point in this episode. There's The best scene is when he's like, Ryu's like, I gotta explain to Cowrie why I don't love her. Like, my fiancé just died. I'm not ready to move on. And he tells her all this shit. And the next day she comes in and she's like, I'm gonna make you forget everything about your fiancé. I'll make you love me instead. And Ryu... Yeah, she doesn't even say it that nicely. She says, I'm going to go into your heart and dig out all memory and feeling <laughs> that you have for Rie. I'm and, going to defeat her and erase her memory from your mind. And this is when I knew Ryu was a true hero of justice with a heart purer than any man because he didn't instantly get up and fucking shoot her with the birdonic blaster <laughs> to death at that shit. <laughs> He didn't immediately start fucking running when she started <laughs> acting like this. He was just like, well... So obviously when she asked him on a date later, he's like, Guy, you just fucking... I really don't want to talk to this girl. Guy, you yeah. go. You like her. Guy's like, you have an Iggy Pop ticket? What the fuck is he doing in Japan? <laughs> and, and Ryu's like, oh, you can have it. And Guy's <laughs> like, well, I'm not going to let you get out of it. Bye. And then later he's like, why didn't you fucking tell me, you asshole, that... Cowrie wanted to go with you. If I was Ryu, I'd have been like, you left literally two seconds after I gave you the ticket. <laughs> if I was Ryu, I would have said, do you realize the shits she said to me earlier today? Yeah. Guy, she's like, yours. Why doesn't Ryu just be like, look, guy, my fucking fiance got space murdered. I don't want to go out with Cowrie. Just fucking take the ticket. <laughs> guy, for fuck's sake, just show her a good time. Please. Jesus Christ. And, like, guys, like, how dare you? You don't understand my feelings. And Ryu's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> just take the ticket, you asshole. <laughs> Maybe Guy just doesn't really like Iggy Pop. Whatever. He was psyched about it. Uh, yeah, I guess so. 
I just, I don't understand where Guy is coming from whatsoever. Like, I guess he's like, I don't want you meddling in my romance. I can get a girl myself or whatever. But fucking poor Ryu. He's like, I thought I took care of this. <laughs> I think Guy can't forgive a man for hurting Kaori for toying with her heart like that. How, how is he toying with her heart? <laughs> He, He's I, like, look, my fiance's dead. I can't love any other woman. All right, <laughs> this is over. It's it's like it's that annoying thing. It's it's almost like that annoying thing where no one talks to each other except Ryu is desperately trying to talk to everyone, and they're like, <laughs> nope, shut up. It's Ryu's circumstances that make him an intriguing <laughs> character, right? Like he himself is pretty a straightforward dude. He doesn't mm. have a whole lot going on besides the fact that he lost his girlfriend and he really misses her and is having trouble keeping going and everything, which is great enough. But the fact that everyone on his team is a literal psychopath <laughs> makes me root for him all the more. <laughs> I also love the fight scene where they're just in water punching each other in the face over and over again. It's like a terrible B-movie fight scene where they don't know any move besides punch and face. I love that Japan trope of the male bonding through a fucking beatdown. Yeah, you just fist fight to become friends. And your best buddies. That's the entire idea behind Naruto, I think. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I'm still not That's sure. That's actually that the entire about. idea behind Dragon Ball. Yeah, it's true. You beat a guy up once, and then a year later... Yeah. Every friend that Goku has is because he beat the shit out of them. Including Krillin. That's yeah. it. Krillin, Piccolo, the androids. Vegeta. Vegeta, yeah. Yamcha. Yamcha, right? Puar. Oh my god, he defeats Tien? Puar. Yeah, Tien, Chiaotzu. <laughs> Does he have Every any friends Every friend he... he has. <laughs> I don't know, he... He defeated Chi-Chi at that tournament before they got married. That's so. true. I guess he didn't beat up Gohan outside of training. No. that's Well, He it's his son. They're not really friends. They're, well, they're close. I don't know. Goku's a pretty fucking deadbeat father. That's I love true. the guy, but yeah. he's... Like, I used to take up for him, right, before the end of Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. And especially Dragon Ball Super, because I would I would just say, well, you know, he didn't have any choice. He was dead. You can't just hang out with your kids when you're dead. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And then at the end of Dragon Ball Z, he comes back to life and just fucks off with some kid from a village in the middle of nowhere for no reason. <laughs> and leaves his wife with two children. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Oh, well. Oh, well. What can you do? Before somebody, um, actually's me... Uh, I know that he only had one child at that point, a teenager. Gohan was an adult with a grandchild, and Goku had a grandchild. Yeah. Don't fucking write in to correct me. Don't say, don't ever, don't write in, period, actually. It's, it seems like Jeff might be getting a little tired of that. Hmm. <laughs> Shocking. Just a, just a smidge. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, is that all we have to say about Jetman? I think that's all we have to say about Jetman. Some fucking solid episodes this time. If you're not watching Jetman, you're really missing out. Really, really good show. I missed watching older. Actually, what? I did have one fun fact. Okay, give me a fun fact. Uh, the trash dimension, Putan, mm. was voiced by Rika Matsumoto, who would be known to most audiences as the voice of Ash Ketchum. Really? Yep. That's funny. That is a fun fact. Huh. Also uh, voiced the character in Jew Ranger, 
a monster, Dora Legor. That's a lot of voice actors in Sentai do that. They're like they'll do a monster in one season and then a monster in the next season and a monster in the next season, etc. And then maybe mm. like a helper animal. Yeah. They, like Sentai reuses voice actors a lot. She was uh, in Turbo Ranger, Five Man, Jet Man, Jew Ranger, Go Onger, and uh, actually Akiba Ranger. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Cool facts from your pal Jeff. Thanks. Let's get into some emails. Sure. Our first email is from Zolgheim, who says, Hello guys, happy Kaiser Day. May you two get bountifully backstabbed today. I'm guessing this was sent on Kaiser Day. On 9-13. Unfortunately, uh, we totally missed that window, but thanks, you too. Well, uh, now for some questions. Which is your favorite build form, including the scan ones so far? Mine is Hawk Gatling. Uh, mine is Rabbit Tank. I'm hesitant to say. Oh, God. The scan ones aren't super impressive. I, they've, they're alright. They've mostly just been revealing like mix and matches. Not mm-hmm. best matches. So probably Hawk Gatling. Hawk Gatling's cool as shit. I really fucking love the standard build Rabbit Tank. Rabbit Tank is so slick. It's super slick. It reminds me so much of, like, Kikaider or Metalder. Yeah. The split down the center, red and blue, and I fucking love that setup. So, it just, it ticks all the boxes for sweet-ass base form for yeah, me. Yeah, super cool. Um, question two, what are your favorite stands in either terms of design or powers? Uh, best stand is Sticky Fingers. In terms of both design and powers. Hmm. I don't know. That's really fucking difficult for me. There's a lot of good I like Killer Queen. Killer Queen's really cool. I think Killer Queen is really fucking cool. Uh, Magician Red. Yeah. Part 3 stands are really fucking cool, too. Part 3 stands are like, here's a simpler time when his power is that he can shoot fire. Yeah, and, and he has, like, a really awesome, like, Birdman design. Yeah, he looks neat. Um, God, I don't know. It's really fucking difficult for me to choose. So I guess I'll go with those. Okay, okay. Um, about Jetman, can Inoue ever not write love triangles? Nope. Apparently not. It's his, it's his okay. one thing. That is his go-to. He's got nothing else in his bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. And final question. What color is the Statue of Liberty? Very it's light actually, blue. Teal? It's actually a copper. Copper, yeah, if you want to. But it's, like, aged, so it looks greenish. Yeah. Thank you for writing in, Zolgheim. It's appreciated. I know you expected us to fight over the Statue of Liberty, but I'm not very passionate about it, so... <laughs> I'll, I'll just concede. Yeah, he's... Not from the correct country to be giving a shit about my fair lady. (laughs) Uh, Our next email is from Onua, who says, I was disappointed that Blue Man Dimension didn't stay... What? What? Blue... Oh, I get it. I was disappointed that Blue Man Dimension, he means uh, Radigay. Oh, yeah. Didn't stay human, because for a few glorious moments, I thought that Guy was going to stay dead... And Radigay would become the new Black Condor. Oh, fuck. That would be awful. 
I didn't ever think he might become a six ranger because I knew that the first six ranger was in Jew Ranger because I'm a nerd like that. Yeah, I didn't want to tell you that. I just didn't know the timeline. I didn't want to tell you that, Jeff, because I didn't want to like spoil the show for you by saying there's no six ranger, but yeah. I knew there was... wasn't going to be a six ranger anyway, yeah, but yeah, I just didn't know the timeline. Yeah. I didn't know if this was before or after Jew Ranger. This was one season before Jew Ranger. Uh, that said, if you guys were the 6th and 7th Jetmen, what would your color and bird combo be? For oh, once, God. Liam can't choose a fucking pug. <laughs> we'll see about that, son. See, I've already figured mine out. What's that? Um, I would either be green or gold. Mm. And I would be, uh, jet gull. Like a seagull? Yep. Oh. Uh... And I- I would have, like, there's no, like, elemental themes or whatever, but, like, my special effects for my attacks could have, like, a sea-type theme to them, like a seafoam-type theme. I get you. Uh, oh, God, how about the silver penguin? Because penguins are the <laughs> pugs of birds. See, I was thinking that you were gonna pick raven. Raven? Uh, oh, Or, like, crow. crow. Yeah, yeah, crows are cool. I'll take a crow. Crows are I cool. figured you'd pick something edgy. Crows are pretty edgy, yeah. Yeah. Like so an edge guy, I think. You'd be silver? Yeah, silver. Gold and silver combo, then. Boom. Jet gull and jet crow. The fastest bird. A crow. The, fa- the fastest bird. The fastest bird on Earth. Sounds real. Yeah, I'll believe totally. it. That's totally real fact that I just made up. <laughs> Our next email... It's from Dewey Defeats Truman. Uh, I decided to watch the first episode of My Hero Academia the other day and was so hooked by Deku and All Might's relationship that I marathoned the entire first season right then and there. Wow. Real good stuff. I didn't watch the anime, but I hear it's just as good as the manga, so... I'm glad you're enjoying it. I gotta read My Hero Academia. You really do, man. You're missing out. Yeah. Uh, The question is, what are some of your favorite character relationships in Kamen Rider. For example, Godai and Ichijo in Kuga, or Ankh and Eiji in O. Ooh, that's tough. Mine is uh, Tendo and Kagami. Oh, yeah. That's, that's absolutely one of my favorite. Although, really, the, the trump card favorite, not to get into puns, is gotta be Shotaro and Philip. Mm. The ultimate... Duo. The ultimate duo. I think I've talked about this before, but my favorite is probably um, Ren and Shinji from mm. Ryuki. Because they're, they're buddies, but they both know that one of them is going to have to die by the end of the show. Which I, I think adds a very interesting... Them buddies. They, they sleep in the same room, they eat at the same table, and there are times when, like... Like, Shinji really wants to be Ren's friend, and there are times when Ren, like, begrudgingly accepts him. They, I guess that's the best you can hope from that piece of shit. That's the best you can hope, yeah. It's it's their their relationship is very nuanced. I like that. Like all of the relationships in Forze are great as well. Mm, still haven't like seen the, Forze. The one between Forze and Meteor is excellent as well. At the beginning and when it changes. Not gonna spoil anything. But okay. uh I love both versions of that relationship. You're talking about after they get married. Yes. Yeah, okay. After they start fucking Yeah. In my fan fiction. <laughs> Mine too, isn't Our... that nuts? <laughs> Our next email is from Jake the Snake. 
who uh, wrote us about some things that he's enjoying in um, in the series of Build, mm-hmm. and also wrote us some questions, such as, question one, his character was already screaming shady bad guy. Now with not only being in possession of a full bottle, but also knowing about Bloodstark, how high do you think are the odds that the Prime Minister's son slash aide is Night Rogue, or at least a top agent in Faust? Oh, He's definitely probably Night Rogue. I hadn't even entertained the notion that he might be Night Rogue, but now that you mention it... He's probably Night Rogue. Maybe he's Spider-Man, if they ever do a Spider-Man. Maybe. The question, too, actually has something to do with that. He's he's definitely in Faust, that's for sure. That I knew. Yes, Had absolutely. not entertained the notion that he might be Bloodstark or Night Rogue. For some reason, that never crossed my mind. <laughs> Question two, I don't remember all the details, but some fans have a theory that Sento is slash was the Spider Smash, and uh, at least the empty bottles he uses to collect Smash Essence have a web pattern on them. Yeah, I noticed that. Do you guys think there's any merit to that theory? I do. I do think there's merit to that theory. It'd be cool if the bottles had something to do with the Spider-Man. Like like he's capturing them in a web or something? Like he's capturing their essence? I don't know. Maybe that's, like, his power, is to capture essences, and it's not really the bottles that do that. Maybe we'll learn that when uh, Ryuga becomes a uh, writer. Maybe he was he was a guy who was meant to fucking suck people's souls out or something. Well, Ryuga is pretty obviously supposed to be, like, the dragon smash. He didn't he just didn't transform. Mm. So I don't doubt that Sento is supposed to be the spider smash. Yeah. I think that's a really cool theory. I don't know if it's true or not, but I would lean towards thinking maybe. That's interesting, yeah. Uh, Thanks and looking forward to the next episode as always, Jake the Snake. Thank you, Jake. You are uh, always there for us. (laughs) Our next email is from Don Piantis, who uh, writes us some cool questions, also some opinions that I did read. Mm. Uh, Question. Number one, not sure if this was asked, but which common writer character would best describe you guys as people? Like, are you the guy who wants to befriend everyone like Forze? Probably not. Yeah. The fuck does that mean, Don Piantis? <laughs> uh, Kagami. I'm a giant fuck up. Oh, that's where my mind went instantly as well. No, no, actually, no. Uh, Q from. Oh, does it have to be a writer? No, I don't think it has to be. No, from it's Drive. just common writer character. Q from Drive. Jeez. Yeah. Even more pathetic than me. That's that's a uh, feat. Yep. And I'm Kagami before he becomes a rider, by the way. Like, yeah. I'm nothing like Kagami after he becomes a rider. <laughs> way too cool. Um, two, we all know Kamen Rider has love for speed-up powers, but when it comes to crossovers, they make all the speed powers equal, like Fies versus Zabi mm-hmm. and Fies versus Mach. Do you guys consider some powers faster than others? Do you can go to, do you condone any speed fights? Hyper clock up excluded. I think clock up in general should be faster than the others. Well, I think Fi's Excel was about as fast as clock up if you look. If you I look mean, at the like, speed at which stats wise, like at, at the speed at which the world moves around him is clock up esque. I feel like. That's true, but Clock Up is supposed to be moving faster than the speed of light. Is it that fast? Uh, I guess there's a scene There's a scene in Godspeed Love where they get from Earth to space in 10 seconds, which is so fucking fast. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember 
if Hyper Clock Up was the one that was faster than the speed of light, that's or the if one that, that was the one that bends time. That's the one that goes back in time. Yeah, yes. Yeah, clock Up is faster than the speed of light because the worms can move faster than the speed of light. That's fucked up. That having been uh, said, the fight where with, between the bee and um, Fies, I remember one of them is Decade. As is it the bee? Or is it Fies that's Decade? It's Fies, is... because Decade can only turn into main riders. Right, yeah. It's it's Decade as Fies versus the Bee, and that scene is so fucking cool when they're jumping all over, and it like keeps pausing to show them fighting, and then it goes back to them like zipping around Dragon Ball Z fighting. That's such a cool scene. That is really cool. I, I do think Clock Up is faster. Clock Up is probably think, the fastest. I think Fies and Mach should be probably about as fast as each other. Mm-hmm. But I think that the Kabuto riders should be, like, way faster. Yeah, that's their thing. It's like when people talk about, like, who would win in a in a race between Sonic the Hedgehog and the Flash. Like, motherfucker, do you know the Flash? The Flash moves faster than the speed of light. Sonic can barely break the sound barrier. Flash outran death once. The Flash evacuated an entire city in an attosecond. Yeah, it Which was, is was, a percentage was, of a nanosecond. It was between the time when a bomb hit the ground and exploded. He brought like 100,000 people out of the city or something. It's just some yeah. bullshit. Absolute fucking bullshit, but I believe it. <laughs> he moves at the speed of horse shit. That's, that's uh, the Flash. <laughs> Alright. Question three. After Heisei Generations, do you feel confident about Heisei Generations final? There was also a leak of Brave Tattle Fantasy versus Hyper Kabuto, so there could be some bullshit favoritism for Bl- Brave to win. I saw that photo. Uh, I'm worried about... Of course I'm not confident in Heisei Generation's final. Don't ever be confident in Movie Wars. Don't let them fool no, you. ever. <laughs> ever. It's... It's definitely gonna be some fucking favoritism. Like, old riders don't win against new riders. It just doesn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. Except uh, in Heisei vs. Showa sometimes. Depending on which ending you watch. Depending on which ending. The, the opening scene had, uh, what was it? Skyrider beat Kabuto, and then Jay beat Forze, but then Gaim beat Jay. Yeah, well, they were, like, beating other riders, too. It was, like, going back and forth. It was pretty much a huge mess. Yes. Yes, it was. Anyways, <laughs> I don't Anyways. know. I, I can't say I'm super hyped for Heisei Generations Final. I'll probably watch it when the subs drop, but... Yeah, um, I watch shit when subs drop regardless of quality because mm-hmm. I'm an idiot. Because that's what we are. That's what we are. We're pathetic fanboys. <laughs> At least I don't pay anything for it. <laughs> Just kidding, Toei. I always pay for everything. Yeah, we Thumbs were importing up. the DVDs and sticking the subs on them. Don't worry. Of course. of course, everyone does. Yeah, every one of our listeners does, unless they um actually me. Then they <laughs> obviously torrent everything. Then they're you should get them. <laughs> uh, that's all for the emails this time. If you'd like your email read on the air, you can shoot it at us out of a cannon to riderclubradio at gmail dot com. Out of a hawk gatlinger. There you go. And uh, if you want to tweet at us or see a tweet from us or, I don't know, get retweeted, you can retweet us. You can like our tweets. I give you permission. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at Rider Club Radio. So we do have one last piece of 
fairly big news for Ryder Club Radio. Yeah. It's over. It's, well, well, not exactly. <laughs> kind of. It's, re- we, uh, the RCR Corp has gone bankrupt recently, so we're restructuring. Yeah. We don't have enough money to do weekly episodes any longer. So from now on, we are going monthly. We are now going to be a review series where we review the past four episodes at the end of every month and we can have a better picture of what's happening in the series and be able to discuss the developments a little bit better than we do week to week. Yeah, so look forward to that. Uh, we are being rechristened as Rider Club Monthly. And Everything is... else is going to stay exactly the same. So next week, another episode of Rider Club Radio, and then Rider Club Monthly begins for October. Yes. So you won't see us for three weeks in October. I'm sure all of you are super heartbroken about that. <laughs> but uh, hopefully we'll be putting out a better show, higher quality, and it will also hopefully be available on some streaming services. Yeah. Some sound streaming services. Other than that, everything else will be the same. The episode will probably be longer. We're just going to come out less frequently. Yes. We appreciate you sticking with Rider Club Radio week to week for two fucking years. Holy, those people yeah. that have. Like two and a half. Holy two shoot. Two and a half years. Uh, so you get one more episode out of us. <laughs> And, and then we're done. Then we'll be then we're done with it weekly. We're going to be doing Rider Club monthly after that. So Rider please Club be monthly. excited. And then after that, Rider Club quarterly. Then Rider Club annual. It's and then just... eventually, we're going to do the Rider Club centennial. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a legacy. Our grandkids are going to have to do that one. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for following Rider Club Radio into the pits of hell. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's and been we'll a see ride, you next week. It's not really, not really ending, really. So no, not really. <laughs> and we'll see you next week for the final episode of Rider Club Radio. Later. Bye bye. ライダー。ライダー。キック。仮面ライダー。キック。仮面ライダー。仮面ライダー。ライダー。ライダー。キック。仮面ライダー。キック。仮面ライダー。キック。仮面ライダー。キック。仮面ライダー。キック。仮面